Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Friday Live on this January 14th. I'm Jim. I bet your mic wasn't on. This is Cheryl. <laughs> Welcome. They can read my lips. Are, they, are you watching? Yeah. Now, can now, read you, my lips. now you have Mike. Now you have Mike. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're happy to be here. On that's, I, I haven't been outside. Is it nice outside? Well, it's picking. The wind is picking up and the temperature is dropping. That, as they predicted. Oh, like, is it supposed to drop? In anticipation of cold? tomorrow, it's starting to get really cold. But I will tell you, yesterday, for me, was gorgeous. It was probably 44, but it felt like 64. I think, it was, I, think it, I think it hit 50 yesterday. Really? I saw oh, my car. 50. Yeah. I had a, a sweatshirt and a scarf. I actually weeded and raked the garden. And what are weeds doing growing in January? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> only our yard. Only our only in our yard can weeds <laughs> grow in January. That's okay. It's good exercise. But it was so nice to be out, and it was pretty sunny, and then I went for a little walk. Absolutely gorgeous. But here's the funny. I, this is what I love. I walked the neighborhood. And I saw a pumpkin still on somebody's porch. The pumpkin was there. Oh, really? Of course. A Halloween there, leftover? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some Christmas decorations, and that's hard to get it all taken down, especially those people who do super decorating. Mm-hmm. But I did see a lot of Christmas. And then there was a giant green, like those blow-up things you see now. Yeah. A big frog with a red hat and a heart, like a happy Valentine's Day. So three holidays. Oh, it was a Valentine's Day. It wasn't leftover Christmas. No, oh, no, no okay. it wasn't the Christmas frog. It, it the was Christmas the Valentine frog with a big heart. And nothing says Christmas to me uh, last month than those six foot blow up dinosaurs with a Chris with a Santa Claus hat on. <laughs> this really spoke of the true meaning of the season. <laughs> I like the one we have to travel through this one neighborhood to get to ours. And they do have the stable and the manger and the holy family, but behind it is a big frosty, <laughs> and then the Grinch is over there. I mean, they just have everything. But Covering is, all their bases. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Mm. Well, I, so you, you moved our holy family. Well, I'm I moved our holy of... family from the display part of our yard mm-hmm. to the porch because I did. my car was in the garage, and I couldn't get it in there to put – that's where the box for the oh. – Oh. Is. So that's why I put them on the porch. So you put them in the garage now. They're just sitting in the garage, oh. Mary and I, Joseph I know, and Jesus. Anticipating uh, the snow or whatever's yeah. going to happen this weekend. I, yeah. I would just wanted to be outside. I was sweeping and raking. I just did anything I could to be outside. Yeah. Well, uh, today we have a lovely program for you. In just a little bit, we're going to be joined by our good friend Deacon Anthony Seo with his senior spirituality segment. Uh, we are going to play Saint of the Day. Uh, Jim is here with the weather. And then next hour, uh, we have our gospel reading for the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. And today, our guest reflection will be by Dr. Scott Hahn on Sunday's gospel. And then uh, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, Diary of an American Exorcist, will be joining us as well. So, but first, we're going to pray. So, Let's. we invite you, friends, to pray. And I was talking to, to my sister Janet, who does all of our mailings and things for us and uh we have still have some of these prayer cards left not many though but We're, people have been requesting yeah, them yeah, it we, is a beautiful prayer we probably have given away since last january because you reordered about 2000 well they were given they were donated to us by okay. knights yeah so right but i can't I, I remember getting like two two orders out. yes it's beautiful and what else can we do but pray for our families mm-hmm. and can never have enough prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. 
At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our our family family to you. you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we, Jesus, uh, Mary, and, and Joseph, Joseph, pray, pray for, for us. us. And we pray our prayers to St. Michael and to Our Lady, as Holy Father asked, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added to that to protect our homes, our families, and our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend, defend us, us in, in battle. battle. Be our protection protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray Pray for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray Pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you know who's been on my mind, and I wanted to give a a little hello out there if, if you're listening. I meant to do this last Friday, but do you remember we went to Father Butler's parish, St. Michael, right there on in the shore, mm-hmm. the Long Branch? When Father Manesis was there. Right. Yeah. for the, mm-hmm. And we met, was it Mary or Barbara and her son, Ron? Oh, I could, Your memory is much better than mine. I'm I sorry. Be, Forgive us for not remembering then. But. I, could, I could be mistaking the names, and I wrote them down because I keep a little prayer journal. So she was going to have a procedure in a couple of weeks from then. So, again, this is before Christmas. I'm sure the procedure is passed. I just want to let you know I'm thinking of you. I hope you are healing. Her son was married there in that church. So they know who I'm talking oh, about okay. if they're listening. So my my apologies if I'm messing up the names. But um, I do have it written down, and, of course, I didn't bring it with me. But just to let you know I'm thinking about you, and I hope everything is going well. It was someone called across. You were waiting for confession. Yeah. And I was... I was waiting for confession, and then... I guess I had already gone, and she called out from the other side, Cheryl, Cheryl, and we had a nice, lovely conversation, and uh, it's nice to connect with the listeners and and put faces to the names, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was next online, and then Father Father Benice's clock ran out. (laughs) So he owes you a confession. He owes me a confession. I told Father Butler that. I said, tell Father Wade he owes me a confession. I was next in line when he left the confessional. Yeah, well, they have to... Stay on their order of their schedule. You know, the mission starts at a certain time, and yeah. he was signing books or something in the front, and yeah. had to get ready to mm-hmm. do his presentation, and that was that. Time's up. So I went over to Marazzo's early today at lunchtime because I had to get some capers for my special meal, my special Sunday meal that I'm making. I'm this. looking forward to it. <laughs> it's salmon. It's pasta salmone. 
pasta with salmon, but I needed some capers. Do you need some special, like, Italian pasta? Remember we were talking about the Italian Well, I'm using, no, use, use the penne, but why? You going somewhere? Oh, well, we could. No, nobody have the penne. Well, <laughs> there'll be plenty of other dishes I could make. All right. But I was standing at the deli because I got some lunch meat, too. And the guy behind the deli said, you like mac- macaroni and cheese? I said, yeah. You like lobster? Yeah. He goes, so now in their, in their salad bar, they mixed macaroni and cheese and lobster. Oh, my goodness. How much is that? I, said, I don't know. The lobsters, the lobsters, not cheap. No, lobster is very expensive. But I, can you? And he was asking me. He said some people like cringe at the combination, but it's very, very good. Well, I'll tell you. And if Father John, if you're listening, you can text us. We went to lunch with him again, West Long Branch, at that place right. on the beach. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. And remember, it was on their menu. Oh, he said, was it? I've had that before, and it is. He highly recommended oh, it. Oh well, now and it's at the said, salad bar at Marazzo's. You <laughs> see, you started something. I said the next time I go there, uh-huh. I want to get that. Oh, oh, Ro- oh. Rooney's or oh, oh, Rooney's, Rooney's, yeah, Rooney's, yeah. yeah. And that oh, was one of their featured dishes. Oh, so he had yeah. Father Father Butler had it. Right. And he goes, highly recommended. Okay. Well, it's over now at the apparently. <laughs> well, there you go. And it surprised me yeah, that Marazzo's okay. no, that Marazzo's would have the salad bar open. Oh, that's right. I tell you, anywhere I go, the salad bars are closed. Mm. And I I hop around to three different places for a variety of things, and not one of them. It it's all covered in their plastic yeah, coverings. No, it know? was open. And they had, you know. Lobster and macaroni and cheese. Wow. <laughs> so, but when yeah. I, I made the lobster pasta on, on, on uh, New Year's Day, mm-hmm. and that's where I got the lobster tails from, Marantos. Yeah. They weren't cheap. We're still paying that off. Yeah, I'm taking a loan for those things. <laughs> My goodness. So <laughs> if, if it's in once... the mac and cheese, it's got to make that mac and cheese pretty expensive if you put lobster in it. Absolutely. Now I'm getting hungry, and we have a long Here way to go. Here we go. We start this out right. talking about these recipes. We have two hours okay. yet. But it's a fine two hours, and it's going to fly by because coming up soon is my all-time favorite, Deacon Anthony Seo. So you stay where you are, friends. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Well, I can think of no better fanfare for our next guest mm-hmm. than that. Welcome and Happy New Year, Deacon Anthony Co. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you in this new year. And by the way, you guys are making me so hungry, I can't take it. <laughs> uh, I am thinking about with salmon and capers, yeah. and that's going to be on my mind all weekend. And a little, little, a little, a little lemon zest in there, you know, and you you you, you put it in the garlic and the oil and garlic. It's I, I found it online. I'm going to make it on Sunday. I'm into this, like, making special Sunday dinners, and this is my Sunday dinner coming up. We'll give you directions, <laughs> I tell you. My second Sunday in ordinary <laughs> time delight, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, it, it sounded so good. I was loving the conversation. I had to say, I was loving the conversation. Aww. I was loving the conversation about walking the neighborhood, and, you know, the weeds are growing. I, I see dandelions when I walk the neighborhood. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It's so nice, right? Who when 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 have weeds been growing in January? I mean, I've never I even heard of such on a my thing. property. They do so. It's wonderful. Uh, my goodness, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all good things. How are you, Deacon Anthony? You know what? Honestly, doing fine. I can't thank you enough for asking me for having me. I'm blessed. The family is doing. Uh, my grandson's doing fine. You know what? I. I know that we seem like we're coming into this new year and things are kind of like tilting again, mm. not in a good way. Mm. Got to tell you, I go into this new year with lots of with lots of joy, and with lots of hope, and with lots of gratitude. Wonderful. And that's what I wanted to speak about today, if I can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you know, um, and I think Cheryl, you can really appreciate this because when when I think of gratitude, I think. So Psalm 118, I think of verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And I think that the beautiful hymns that are associated, there's, you know, and I can't sing, so I won't do them, but there's, there's one that's just so upbeat and so modern. And then we have the one that we do with Easter. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh-huh. It's just, yes. Yeah. Am I right? Just absolutely yes. beautiful music. Yes. And they're joyful. And they're joyful. They, they are, and, and when I hear those, it makes me think of gratitude, and it makes me think that I, I need to be grateful for what we have. I need to rejoice and be glad God has given to us. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the listeners a question, but it's a rhetorical question because we can't answer. But we stop and think about two or three things in your life that you're most grateful for. Now, I've got to tell you, if we take a second and think about what are we most grateful for, for most people, I'm sure, some things come in really very quickly. We're, we're grateful for family or we're grateful for friends and grateful for health, you know, grandchildren, whatever it might be. It's not hard for us to think about things that we're grateful for not happening, unfortunately. We get so bogged down in the problems of life and the self-pity sometimes takes over and it's hard to think about our gratitude for what God has given to us. There's, there's a need for us sometimes to move outside of ourselves back, kind of to reboot, if we like a technical term, maybe to reboot our thinking a little bit, or maybe reset ourselves and our expectations, and think about gratitude. And I think in order to do that, we also need to think about humility, because there is a tight relationship between those two. The, the less humble we are, 
the harder the harder it is to be grateful, mm-hmm. because we think that we're the center of everything, and we 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 forget that we're not the center of everything. The world doesn't revolve about us, and everything is in our lives. We need to thank God for. Um, I read recently it was Carl Carl Sagan, if you. Remember the astronomer, yeah. Carl Sagan? He said, if you will make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. <laughs> because you can't make apple pie without apples. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have apples, you, 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 you need a tree. And if you don't have a tree, if you don't have soil, everything has back to God, to our Creator. So something as simple as apple pie or pasta with salmon, whatever it might be, has to revert back to God for creating all the things that we are able to use to create those pleasures in our lives, create the joy and happiness in our lives. And I think if we think about that, maybe sometimes it helps us understand what it is to have a grateful heart. But when we think that when we think we're the centers of everything, it's not that easy to have a grateful heart. I, I know that for me, it's like it's, it's difficult for me personally to be humble sometimes. It's just, um, you know, you know, we, we, we do, we get a little bit full of ourselves. <clears throat> we have a, a men's gospel reflection group, and we start that gospel reflection every week with the litany of humility. It's a beautiful prayer. Mm. And what the litany of humility says is, Lord, free me from the desire to be esteemed and loved and acclaimed and so forth. Free me from uh, having the fear of being rejected and defamed and forgotten. And then it goes on to say, Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. Help, help me to get over the fact that others might be loved more than I. Help me get over the problem of others might be esteemed more than I. Help me get over that others will be chosen while I'm set aside. And um, help, help me to not resent when my opinion is not followed. Isn't that interesting? Mm, it's yeah. beautiful. And interesting you should bring up that litany of humility. I recently was reading a book. It's kind of a guidebook for young couples as they're preparing for their wedding sacrament. And it it's a big book, and it covers a lot of things. But in there was the litany of humility. And they said you should pray this with your spouse. And I I thought, yes, yes, because we have to put them before us. It can't all be about us, right? And for us to be, as you say, thankful and, and appreciative of the other person, we, we have to be less and we have to make them more. That is absolutely a beautiful suggestion because I think if people are able to put that into their lives, it does help to understand how you become less, the other person becomes more. You have to help each other. Prepare couples for marriage. One of the things I say to them is that, your major responsibility is to help your partner get to heaven mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and your children to heaven. And if if you if you are so fixated on yourself, you will not be able to fulfill that duty and help your, your partner and your children get to heaven. So it's that need to step back, 
need to understand humility. And then the humility is not just for ourselves, the humility to understand that everything is, has been created by God, and we need to be thankful for everything. I find myself that when I can step back a little bit and take myself out of the center of the picture, it is easier for me to look at the set and just be totally in of God's greatness mm-hmm. and be able to to thank him for that, or to be able to stand back and just watch the smile of a baby mm-hmm. or something so simple as walking the neighborhood mm-hmm. and just seeing the beauty in, in, in again, in our neighborhood and the sky and everything else. It's easier to do that. Cleared your head and you've reset yourself and you've rebooted your life to understand where you fall within God's beautiful creation. Mm-hmm. And you know, Deacon, too, I think uh, when even in those difficult times in life, when we have to face uh, challenges or obstacles or disappointments or whatever it might be, you know, I always have to remind myself if God has allowed this to come into my life for as bad as it may be, or as difficult as it may be, if he has allowed it by his permissive will, there's obviously a a reason for it. He sees tomorrow. I don't. He sees next week, next month, next year. I don't. So he knows everything in his plan, and even be grateful for those challenges in those times and moments. And to step back even one step before that, just be grateful that that you he sees your tomorrow. You're going to have a tomorrow. You woke up today. Let's be grateful for that at the at the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm convinced that what I'm saying is true. If if you are if you can if you can be grateful in some way, be grateful for the difficulties of life, knowing that again God has put those in your path for a reason, and the, the reason is that those things can strengthen us, those things can help to humble us. And those things can help us to discover God's work in everything. So you're absolutely right. There, there for a reason. Our Lord sees the big picture. We don't. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that ability to be able to walk by faith and not by sight sometimes, mm-hmm. to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to proceed. I'm not sure where I'm going, Lord, but I know that you will guide me. We can humble ourselves and then be grateful for where our, our Lord does lead us. It's it's this ability for us that if we can just step outside of ourselves, there is there is something great that will happen. We are able to see things through a totally different lens. We're able to see things in a way where we can be grateful, we can be happy, because our expectations are not set in a way, in our earthly way. One of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons that we we, we become unhappy sometimes and we're not grateful is because our expectations are set in a different place. They're either set too high or they're set way out of the boundaries of where they should be. Mm -hmm. So we can, if if we expect something and we don't get it, we're disappointed. Well, let's learn to expect that God will provide for us in a very, very beautiful way. And whatever he puts in our way, let's appreciate it Let's smile at it, let's enjoy it, and let's bring that joy to others. I uh, I read something recently written by—his name is Deacon Mayer, and he might be in the Midwest somewhere. But he said, we should be someone's sunrise today with a smile in our eyes and joy on our face, make a call 
or send a note that simply says to the person, I see Christ alive through you. I just find that beautiful. Mm -hmm. If I were able to send a note to someone and say, I see Christ alive through you. Mm -hmm. Wow. How does that change a person's life? Mm, that's, that's powerful. Right. Yeah. It's also, you know, you, this whole the whole topic today, deacon, the deacon of gra- the topic of gratitude, is a, a great way to start the new year. You know, people always talk about making resolutions at the, the first of the year, and but what this, I think, this is a good one. This is one where everybody can really just be, to be more grateful, to have a, mm-hmm. a, a bigger and a more grateful heart uh, throughout the year, and to remember that, and to just go through this year. We've all been through a lot of. Uh, stuff over the past couple of years that has distracted us from from kindness and goodness and charity and, and gratitude. We've been so, you know, just distracted by all, all the things that have been happening in the world. But what a great uh, a resolution to make at this point, to, to make to make this year coming up, these next 12 months, months of, of, of true gratitude. Yes. And, and that's, and I guess that's a point that I'd really like to be able to make to folks, that as we begin this new year, as we begin to look forward, Step back, reset, reboot, look at all the beauty and the joy that God has put into our lives. Speak about what you're grateful for to others. Every day when you wake up, I thank you, Lord, for this gift of life. I thank you, Lord, for this new day, for this new opportunity. Lord, where will you lead me, and how can I be humble? How can I humble myself so that I will allow you to lead me, and I will not resist where you're taking me today? And if we look at that and we look at this year coming up, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm confident that, that we can move forward every single day with a joy in our heart and the ability to be able to point to a person and say, I see Christ alive through you, because you really will. Mm-hmm. You really will be able to see Christ in the other person mm-hmm. when your eyes are focused on our Lord and not on ourselves and on the humility and happiness of what the Lord has given to us. And I think with uh, going through your day with that eye, with those eyes and that open mind and open heart and humility, um, it, it keeps us in a brighter, more positive attitude. I mean, we're, we wake up saying, thank you, Lord, right away. It's, it's the positive we're accentuating and not dwelling on another frustration or maybe another difficult day that lies ahead. We're just, we're just getting off on the right foot, if you will. And that's the absolute truth. Some people will accuse me sometimes, and rightly so. They'll say, "Deacon, you make it sound easy. You you mm-hmm. talk as if it's easy." And and honestly, I know that it's not. Okay, I know that it's not easy. It takes work. Right. It takes work to have that good attitude. It takes work to have a humble heart. It takes work to find happiness and be joyful. But you know what? Nothing that's good comes easy. We've right. got to work right. at things. Yep. And, that, and that's, that's what we, I think we have to do as we move forward in life, work at this. And it, it brings great joy. Yep, and thank God he gives us a, a new slate every day, a brand new day, a, an opportunity to try again. You know what? You've said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. You've said it so perfectly that my new slate is I want to try to find Pasta with salmon and capers, oh. and I'm going to be a happy and I'm going to be a happy guy. Um, I'll send you, I'll send you the I'm, link. I'm very blessed. My wife is a wonderful cook, and my son is a chef. Oh, good. So so. I love to eat, and they love to cook. So there <laughs> you go. go. I, I have a great love for a, food. A, a match made in heaven. <laughs> I'll it, send you. I'll send really you the link. 
I'll Please s- do. Yeah, I, and, I, for, and for that, I will be happy, and I will be joyful, and I will be grateful. Amen. <laughs> well, we are grateful for you, Deacon Anthony, and so happy that you're part of our domestic church media family, and we look forward to speaking with you next month. It is my deepest pleasure. Thank you to everyone. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful time. God bless Bye you. Now. Thanks. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We'll be right back. Jim's here with the weather, and we're going to play Saint of the Day. Mm-hmm. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Well, that means it's time for our domestic church chief meteorologist, Mr. Jim Hoffman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah what a wonderful world. Very good, Jim. Good, Very Jim. good. Very but nice. I don't know. Somehow after that, I, I like need sucrets or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, you know, right after like the end of that beautiful song, it's like, God gave us night and day. <laughs> <I know. laughs> kind of breaks the mood, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. I was like so peaceful, like, wow. What yeah. I mean, like, ah! yeah, we got to wake people up for the weather. People have to be, uh, have to be awakened for the wonderful weather that you have to give them yeah. and share with them. Should, yeah, go, go outside tonight or tomorrow, actually tomorrow oh. night. Is that like tomorrow? No, tonight. Is that like tonight? No, wait, yeah. It's start getting cold, right? Is it? Oh, because I was, I was saying, yeah. uh, Cheryl was saying yesterday she was outside in our yard picking the weeds. <laughs> it was gorgeous That's how nice yesterday. it was. But uh, you say that's not going to last. 
No, no. Yeah, I was outside today with the dogs, and yeah, we have weeds growing because yeah, it gets into the forties, the upper forties. There's uh, things that things that spring. Yeah, yeah. the weeds mm-hmm. want to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like in usually yeah. if we if we have a if we have a mild February, what are they call them crocuses that start popping up out of the ground? Yeah, they, they start <laughs> blooming. Right, <laughs> they're coming up in March. Watch say, out! Well, no, wait, go go back, go back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not time yet. It's gonna snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's that that's part of, that's the beauty of living in this part of the, the country. I think we have everything. Yeah. And it always changes. Yeah, yeah, and it, you're right. It always changes. So uh, you know. It's going to be 13 degrees, or eight, actually 8 degrees tomorrow night. Oh, my. And then uh, it's going to rain on Monday. So. Oh, so well, yeah, let's hear about this. because There's a lot of mixed messages out there about what's coming yeah. up the coast or what's going to be hitting us over the weekend. But uh, let's start with tonight because you say it's going to start getting colder if it's not starting, hasn't started already. But it's going to get colder? Right, yeah, but just, uh, just a little summary. So, yeah, there's a storm coming. It's likely going to start. Around these parts, the snow will quickly change over to rain um, as we move into Sunday and, and Sunday night and even early into Monday. So um, it's one of those storms where it's the you know, it, favorable track for a storm for snow in our parts is you know, just off the coast. Um, that keeps the cold air locked in and also keeps the moisture coming in off the ocean. Uh, and those, those ingredients um, off snow levers know this those ingredients are perfect for snow but this storm is going to track inland so although we'll have the cold air here initially for there to be snow it's going to quickly go over to uh probably a mix and then over, over to rain as we get more warm air coming in from the, the east and the south actually the east is going to be a heavy wind coming out of east so um anyway so yeah let's start off with cold and tonight we're going to have mostly clear skies, all around 13 degrees. And uh, it's been windy out there, and that wind's going to keep going. Uh, 15 to 20 miles per hour, got as high as 30. Uh, Saturday, mostly sunny. It's going to be cold, high in the mid-20s, about 25. Continued windy uh, with north winds coming in at 10 to 15 miles per hour. And then Saturday night, clear and cold. It's going to be low around 8 degrees. Sunday, increasing clouds, high 31. And then Sunday night, that's when we start getting um, the uh, precipitation coming in, um, probably sometime after 6 o'clock. And it'll snow first and then uh, change over Sunday night into rain. We're going to have a low of 29 before the temperature starts to rise. And uh, also the big story is going to be the wind. The wind is going to be 10 to 15 miles per hour from the east. That's going to increase to 20 to 25 uh, early Monday morning, and gusts could go as high as 45 miles per hour. So that's a pretty potent storm that's going to be tracking up the East Coast uh, just just to our west. Um, so with the initial snow, we might get an inch, maybe two, before it changes over. Huh. And then on uh, Monday, Monday to King Day, a chance of rain before 1 o'clock in the afternoon, cloudy, high near 40. Um, and then just looking into the rest of the week, looks like we're going to have um, highs in the uh, upper 30s, maybe low 40s, uh, before it cools down later in the week, um, Thursday and Friday. We might have a little chance of snow coming up um, 
uh, a slight chance of snow on Thursday night, but uh, otherwise it looks um, you know uneventful after after the storm passes through. Well, uh, that's could have been worse. That's <laughs> right. I the track could have been different. We could have gotten walloped, but that's okay by me. But I know yeah, you're. I, I like the I like the wallop. I know you do. 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 Well, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a point at one point this winter where you'll yeah. have your. You'll seems, get your wish. Seems like we're getting off a little easy, but the shore. I mean, they they got slammed oh, like one and a half times, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah they got um, so our my daughter was on London Drive. It was uh, I guess almost two weeks ago now. I think it was the, maybe the third. The third yeah, that of, uh, that January. first big storm. And mm-hmm. yep, they got about uh, seven eight inches there, right on the mainland, Mount Hawthorn. They got maybe ten eleven inches. Yeah. Um, and then we had a little bit of rain and washed washed a lot of that away. And I actually was there last uh, Saturday, and there was still a little bit of snow on the ground, uh, which is kind of strange. You know, it's like you had a place where you know, you have the memories of eighty degrees. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't beach. match. There's snow on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> right when you go, it's funny. I I, feel, I think the same thing when you go down there in the winter time, and it's it's like you, you you're trying to wait a minute, but this isn't what it's supposed to look like. You know, to... <laughs> they can't have winter. This is a summer yeah. place. <laughs> when you go over the bridge, the weather's supposed to change immediately. That's right. That's, the 30s That's right. To the eighties. Oh, yeah. in a perfect world. Well, before you know it, yeah. we'll be down there again. So it won't can't be wait. Won't, absolutely long. Well, thank you, Mr. Hoppin. We certainly appreciate your help and uh, all you do for us. So have a great weekend, you and Jackie and the family, and we'll look forward to speaking with you next week. Okay, great. Um, stay safe this weekend, especially uh, Sunday and, and yeah. Monday. Right, amen. Long weekend. Amen. Yeah. You too. Right. God bless yeah. you. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Bye-bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. They're heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But just what went on earth, they were just like you and me. And now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the day. All right, that means it's time to play Saint of the Day, a fascinating game show. And uh, Cheryl's, <laughs> Cheryl's going to give you some information about the saint that we've chosen to be our personal saint of the day, not the liturgical saint of the day. Do we have a liturgical saint of the day? Not today. The 14th. My calendar is empty. It's John Massarino's birthday. Who's that? I was in grammar school with him. Oh. I don't know why I remember that, but it's his birthday. Well, he's not on the liturgical calendar. <laughs> no, he's not. No, believe me. If you knew John Massarino, he, he would be, he would be <laughs> okay. on that calendar. All right. God bless you, John, if you were still around and still with us. Anyway, <laughs> Cheryl's going to give some information. And listening to Catholic Radio, I don't think he's doing that either. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, Cheryl's going to give some clues about today's saint of the day. And uh, listen carefully. When you think you know who it is, Cheryl's going to say it, uh, the last clue. She'll say, this is the last clue. When she says that, if you think you know who it is, you can call us here at a studio on our studio line at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. So listen carefully. Cheryl will give the clues. And when she says this is the last clue, if you think you know who it is, call us at 609 493 55. That's 609-493-8255. Let's play Saint of the Day. 
This is one of our earliest saints. He lived in the fourth century. It is believed he came from a rich family and received a Christian education. As a young man, he became a priest and then a bishop in Armenia, which is now modern Turkey. When the governor began persecuting Christians, this saint went to live and pray and do penance by himself. He became a hermit. In his solitude, wild animals that were sick or hurt came to him and he would heal them. One day, some hunters found him and brought him to the governor who sent him to prison to behead him. On the way to being beheaded, people crowded the road to see their beloved bishop for the last time. He blessed them all, even non-Christians. Just then, a poor mother rushed up to him and begged him to save her child who was choking on a fishbone. There's no bones in a salmon. Right? No, not in a salmon. The saint whispered a prayer, blessed the child, and worked a miracle that would save the child's life. And now, our last clip. 609-493-8255. On his feast day, we have our throats blessed at Mass to protect us from all sickness of the throat. 609-493-8255. And it looks like... We have a caller. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Eileen Meckler, and I'm from Tom's River, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, are, are you and, a new... And, and you guys are talking about us. And I heard you talking about us on the radio. <laughs> are the you shore. a new listener? Are you a new listener, Eileen? I'm glad to meet you. Uh, no, no, I'm no, I'm a long-time listener. Long-time <laughs> listener, yes, our friend oh, Eileen. Yeah, no, ago was it when I met you guys at that conference? Oh my goodness. It was before it the pill. And I think it was, I think I can't even remember where it was but I met Jim before yes. I met you, Cheryl. Right, I, I drove. Thing, so you met you me along. first and you, and, you, you, and you came back for more? <laughs> <laughs> well, she knew there had to be something better. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to see who could marry this guy. <laughs> Must be a real saint, a living saint. It was a long time ago, Eileen, because I feel like we were just on the air for like one or two, maybe two years. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I I should have written written that down somewhere. And it was certainly before. And and nothing has been the same. Well, it had to be before the before the pilgrimages, right? So it was before twenty thirteen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely before the pilgrimages. Mm -hmm. At least ten years ago. Oh my god! Wow. Okay. And it's life changing, isn't it? Just life changing. All, all that being said, who's our saint? Saint Blaze. <laughs> Very good, Saint Blaze. That is as the soon correct. As you mentioned throat, I knew oh, that yeah. was it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and at first, I'm thinking I don't know anybody back in the fourth century, but that was an easy one. Yeah, that was an easy one. So, speaking of throat, how how are you doing? How are you doing? Any singing anywhere? What's going on on that side of the no, state? No, only only after the nine o'clock mass at St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Tom's River. <laughs> yeah. So the the choir, how about no, the diocesan choir is not well, singing? We're not we're not going to be back together until the um, catechumen thing, the oh, blessing okay. of catechumens, and then I think we're doing the uh, chrism mass, sure. and then we have a diaconate ordination. But okay. that's it. Oh, we didn't do a Christmas concert this year. Oh. Yeah. So it's I I really and I really miss it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I knew some people that did concerts, but I also know others that had canceled. So it's still a little bit of a roller coaster. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully. Yeah, it was. Now, did, you, did they make you wear the masks when you sang? No, good, no, uh, uh-uh. no. Sean hard. wouldn't do that. Good, yeah, good, that's good, tough. Good, 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 good. good. That's a tough yeah. One. Well, bravo for bravo to Sean and the choir.
So wonderful to hear from yes, you. Yes, Eileen. Very nice to hear. Yeah, happy yeah, New well, Year. I've been listening. I just haven't called. Yeah, well, we're happy, we're happy <laughs> you did. Well, I, yeah, but I, I text you guys all the time, right? Did you I get know. that Bishop yes. Sheen thing today? You get so, today? You sent no, us some great today. articles. You sent me something yes, today? Yes, I did. You check your messenger. I, well, I haven't I, checked I, in a Bishop while. Bishop Sheen you today. Okay, again. I'll have to. <laughs> Very good. You stay on top of all that stuff. Well, we appreciate it. We love reading I do. it. And you know what? I keep praying. I keep telling him I'll be his second miracle. But he must not be listening. <laughs> All right, well, I will gladly, gladly be his second miracle. I'll join All you right. in that prayer. All I'll right. join you in that prayer then, Okay, I we'll pray we'll for see that. what happens. But anyway, right. we're, we're happy you're a part of our family here at the Mr. George Media, and uh, Happy New Year, and we look forward to hopefully we can all get together and see oh, each other please. soon. You know, we, is... we should, you know what? You, we should have a mass over at the station. You should. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Come on over. Well, I'm on it. Yeah. Well, I am right, on we'll it. Work on that, Cheryl. I will. And yeah, I'll... people will come. I know George will come. I know uh, Vicky will come. You know, I can get a bunch oh. of people from here. Oh, good. Okay. Good. All, All right. right, then. Then we'll work on it. Okay. Okay. Eileen, right. thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank okay. you. <laughs> bye Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, friends, and you uh, stay where you are. I guess we'll we come. Oh, yeah, we have a song. We have a song. Thank you, Saint. That's Saint Eileen, if I can say so myself. All right. Be right back.
How many parishes down the shore do you think play Sing that, that play that weekend. hymn every Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I know for all the all the tourists. That's right about the Jersey Shore song. Lord, you funny. have come to the Jersey Shore. I think they changed the words. <laughs> and we plugged that in much earlier. But then who who calls about Eileen? And she's down there too. Yeah, so that was yeah, for you. Yeah. They could. We probably could write new lyrics for the Jersey Shore people. Lord, you have come to the Jersey Shore. Maybe. Without getting blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's got a reputation <laughs> in some careful. places. Yeah. Yes. It is indeed lovely. We but... were down. We remember we were, no, about five years ago now. We we for that we got a house down there for a week down mm-hmm. in Shipbottom. We mm-hmm. went to a, 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 whatever the parish was down that area, and they sang it. Right. They sang it there. Of course. It, yeah. It's like it's got to be <laughs> part of their top ten. We should ask Father Butler, who's right across his, his— Oh, my goodness. How often do they sing? His church is, has an ocean view. <laughs> Does he sing that often? Father, if you're listening, text me. Let me know how often you sing in the summertime, Lord, you have come to the seashore. <laughs> Who else is down there? Well, Point Pleasant. Father, I was going to say— Father Doug is down. Father Doug Freer, right, is down there somewhere? That's right. And Father Jesus, who was that there? Dean, Father Dean. Um, was it too? In Manasquan. Yeah. You know who I'm thinking? I do He was know. here, he was a guest. And yeah, and he goes my goodness, little, I walked in, I he, almost fainted because goes, <laughs> for his profile. It's Father, thought, isn't it Father Dean? I'm not sure. Forgive us. Forgive, for the, forgive us, fathers, for we, forgetting your names. <laughs> we need to pray to Our Lady of Good Memory. Our Lady of Good Memory. That's right. That's the title that I've decided we, as elders now, we We're should gonna. give Our Lady, Our Lady of Good Memory. Mm hmm. To help us remember things. I think we could all use some prayers. What her. would be the image you think of Our Lady of Good Memory? Like with her her, her hand on her chin, looking up. Like on her forehead, I can't remember. Making a little frown. Like, I can't remember what was it. What was it I came into this room for? Well, I know. This morning, did you see me standing in the kitchen? I thought I know. I can't. You were running around and looking. I, I didn't know what you were looking for. No, but I didn't know. But I knew there was something that I, I forgot. But you were like going all over the place, like you were looking for something, but you didn't know what it was. Well, you know what happens. Now? Let me explain this to you. And I, I think people can relate. Agree. Text if you agree. You think I know that I forgot something, so you just go to room to room, thinking it'll hit you. It maybe it was is it was it something from the kitchen? Was it something that, so I kind of walk around thinking it would come to mind if I see something that would trigger? All right, we'll keep thinking. We have another hour to go, so don't go away, friends. We're going to take a quick break, and if you're watching on YouTube, we break away for about three minutes and come back on at five. So stay right there. There's a lot more to come on Friday Live. Bishop Robert Barron. 
Tolkien has reached out to, you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true, and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture. He adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility. It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize. Rather, he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're going to say, oh yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, they'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. That was the genius of those fellas. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Everyone has to work through mounds of mundane stuff every day. Even the Pope has to rubber stamp a stack of papers today. The question is, what spirit do you bring to that stuff? I was folding laundry the other day for six kids. The mound was huge, and I was starting to get this terrible attitude. Arg, I don't want to be doing this. And I remembered a guy who reached out to our ministry anonymously through an email contact form. He was in a different continent. He said, can someone come visit me? I'm ill. I'm so lonely. I have no friends, no family. He was just reaching out to the internet in desperation. I almost started crying as I folded each shirt. Thank you, God, for the kid who wears this shirt, the wife who wears that dress. Listen, if you have work today, give thanks. And if you have people you love who you're getting to work for, give thanks even more. If you do, your work might still be kind of stinky, but at least you won't be. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Say, for example, a child dies at six. Goes straight to heaven. Wonderful. Somebody else dies at 85. Goes to purgatory and then goes to heaven. Isn't that a similar thing, huh? You say, hey, wait a minute, by golly, I got the same degree of glory as this kid. But that's what the Lord says, you see. The sinner can go to heaven, maybe not straight to heaven, they have to be purified, but the greatest sinner can go to heaven, and the most innocent child goes to heaven. There's not a high heaven and a low heaven. There is heaven. They have greater degrees or lesser degrees of holiness, but they're in heaven. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 
Teresa Tamio. Every time I go to Mass and see my husband serving on the altar as a deacon, it hits me how, with God, all things are possible. I mean, there is no way that we should be still married, number one, based on all the problems we had. But number two, the fact that I'm in Catholic media and my husband is a deacon is simply a testimony to the power of God and the teachings of the church that saved our marriage and, more importantly, our souls. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio heard right here on Domestic Church Media weeknights at 5. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Friends, another hour of Friday Live on this January 14th, John Massarino's birthday. John, if you're listening, happy birthday. <laughs> this is Cheryl. Does anybody know John Massarino? Let me know. <laughs> He's going to be famous after uh, today. He was my best friend in fourth grade. Oh. And then we didn't go to high. He went to New Brunswick High School. I went to St. Peter's. He left mm. St. Peter's. That's the last I saw of John Massarino. Mm. But today is his birthday, so happy birthday, <laughs> Good I don't memory. Know. I don't know why. It. I don't know why I remember these things. Here we are, ready to pray to Our Lady of Good Memory. And how do you remember well, that? Well, because I have been praying to Our Lady of Good Memory. She helps me. She helps me. <laughs> and a friend's birthday. That's a special. I mean, I remember my childhood friends' birthdays. Yeah. You just yeah, because Jimmy Tucker's was June twenty eighth. Or probably still is. Jimmy's still with us. Uh, okay, so uh, this hour we're going to start with our gospel uh, reading, and that's for this coming Sunday, the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, the Wedding Feast at Cana. And our special reflection today is by Dr. Scott Hahn. And then later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, who is an American exorcist. So stay tuned for that. But first, we will begin with the gospel for this Sunday, the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding when the Rhine... When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim, Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to them, everyone serves good wine first. And then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee and so revealed his glory. And his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. 
This Sunday's Gospel takes us to a wedding with Jesus and his mother. Why does Jesus perform his first public miracle at a wedding? And what does it mean for us today in our relationship with God? That's next on Breaking the Bread. We can think of these first weeks after Christmas as a season of epiphanies. During this season, the liturgy of the Word is showing us who Jesus is and what He has revealed about our relationship with God. Last Sunday, the images were royal and filial, pertaining to kingship and sonship. Jesus was shown to be the newborn King of the Jews, who makes us co-heirs of God's promise to Israel. Like Israel, we are to be beloved children of God. This week, we're at a wedding. We're being shown another dimension of our family relationship with God. If we're sons and daughters of God, it's because we married into the family. Have you ever wondered why the Bible begins and ends with a wedding, Adam and Eve in the opening of Genesis, and the marriage supper of the Lamb in the climax of Revelation? Throughout Scripture, marriage is the symbol of the covenant bond that God desires with us, His chosen people. Christ is the bridegroom, Israel His beloved and sought-after bride. When Israel breaks the covenant, she is compared to an unfaithful spouse. But God promises to take her back, to espouse her to Himself forever in an everlasting covenant. We see this biblical tradition echoed beautifully in this Sunday's first reading from the prophet Isaiah. All of this helps us to understand why, in this week's gospel, Jesus performs his first public sign at a wedding feast. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus is shown to be the divine bridegroom, calling us to his royal wedding feast. By his new covenant, he will become one flesh with his church, his true bride. And in our baptism, each of us has been betrothed to Christ as a bride to her husband. The new wine that Jesus pours out in today's feast is the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Eucharist, given to his bride and body, the church, just as this week's epistle says. This is the salvation that this Sunday's psalm announces to all the families of nations. This is Scott Hahn for Breaking the Bread. Breaking the Bread is a production of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. If you'd like to receive written copies of Dr. Hahn's reflections on the Sunday Mass readings, you can contact us by email at staff at salvationhistory.com or call us at 740-264-9535. That's 740-264-9535.
Welcome back on this 
uh, January 14th. And I must be getting colder out because it's getting colder in here. I know. I just turned the heat on. Yes, yeah. This is good weather. to. You just want to hibernate. Oh, my goodness. I slept so much this past week, it wasn't even funny. But I was battling a cough or something. So. Well, it was, it was going to be 8 degrees tomorrow night. I better buy some marshmallows. That is pretty. Well, we certainly have a fire. But that is that uh, is cold. That's the kind of cold where you go out and the nose hairs freeze. And you know what? I've been my car has been outside. I'm gonna have to you better put that in the garage. Move Mary and Joseph yeah. from the garage. They won't so mind. I can get my car in there. They won't mind. Otherwise, it's not gonna put them start. in my car. And I'm gonna move my car tomorrow. Where them. do you keep them here? No, no, in the garage. There's a box oh. in the corner. But oh, where my car is, you can't get to it unless you pull my car out of the garage. And the listeners are fascinated and they've been waiting to know this. They know so, everything. This is like they're just kind of they're, they're eavesdropping on our on our regular yeah. conversation. They're just glued to their phone. What's going to happen to Mary and Joseph? Where do they go? Do they live at home? I'll, well, I'll, I'll take a picture of them in our garage and put it on the website. Do then. they go in the attic? That'll Where tie it go? all in. That'll tie it all in. All right. So I, I was fascinated by I found this article on famous people's last words. Oh. Just before they go home to the Lord what their last words on this planet mm-hmm. were. So I thought it'd be fun to share some of those. And then I also have famous last words of saints mm. to see what the difference is. I bet there's a bit of a difference. Well, maybe not always. But you know what? When you are in your last days, isn't there a wisdom and grace that comes upon you maybe? Well, um, Raphael, the Italian artist, mm-hmm. his last word, happy. That's what he said before he passed. Just one word. Happy. Huh. Um, Gustav Mahler. He's a composer, right? Right. He died in bed conducting an imaginary orchestra, and his last word was Mozart. <laughs> he was going to meet Mozart. Right? Fabulous. Now, blues singer Bessie Smith. Mm, I don't the name is familiar, but she was a blues singer. I'm going, but I'm going in the name of the Lord. Oh. So how about that? Good for her. So she was going to the right place. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jean-Philippe Rameau. Oh, yes. You know who that is? Jean-Philippe. Mm-hmm. Is it Rameau? Is that how you pronounce it? Rameau. Mm-hmm. Composer Jean-Philippe Rameau objected to a song sung at his bedside. He said, what the devil do you mean to sing to me, priest? You are out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing you want to say to a priest giving you last rites. <laughs> That's right. God, God. Well, I hope, uh, I hope uh, huh. he made it. I hope it. he didn't take hope, it personal. Hope he made well, it. Well, you know, out of tune is out of tune. What can I tell yeah, you? Well. We, I've, I've heard a priest or two sing out of tune. Have you? Oh you yeah. Know, okay. Talking well. about some of these famous people. Yeah. J- January 11th, one of the stations that I sometimes listen to for news and weather, they'll give you, you know, this day, right. 1967. This is a retro looking right. back. And it was January 11th in 1967. Jimi Hendrix got a new apartment in London. So I thought, what is the big deal? Why? And of course he said, and I'm sure you're wondering why that was such a big deal. It was Joseph Haydn's apartment. No, no, no. George Frederick Handel lived in that same apartment. And Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) So many years. I thought, now there is a collaboration, Handel and Jimi Hendrix. Handel and Hendrix. I wonder if the ghosts could talk in that I don't even think I tell you a, a, a song that Jimi Hendrix did. I, that was not my genre no, of choice. No, all but Handel, eyes. I could tell you all of this. Yeah, I know you could. All <laughs> blue eyes. His last words. 
I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm losing it. Jack. Jack. <laughs> uh, let's see. Aw. Sad, huh? Ooh, George Orwell. His last written words. I guess he didn't even speak, but he. Wait, was this a world of worlds? Orwell, right? Yeah. yeah. At 50, everyone has to face. Everyone has the face he deserves. <laughs> I don't know what that is. He means. was losing it. He was losing it. Uh, let's see. Whoa, this is scary. Margaret Sanger, mm. the founder of Planned Parenthood, and all the horrible things that have resulted from that. Ooh. Yeah. Her last words. Now, just imagine she's she's dying. I'm going to meet her. Man. Her last words were, a party. Let's have a party. Who do you think was inviting her to the party? Oof. That's pretty scary, right? Makes you um, stop and think, right? Yeah. Hmm. Let's see if I find it. This is, these are just famous people. Um, you know, you mentioned that, Margaret Sanger. Yeah. Is the march happening next Friday? I know buses that are canceled, but I didn't know if they canceled the buses so we just are not going on a bus. Or is the whole event canceled? Uh, you know, not I, I say this every year, and forgive me for being frustrated, but nobody ever gives me information about anything. Yeah. I'm happy to announce it. Everything about the march, who's going, when, where, how, why, I get nobody. nothing. But. I did. We did see on the news the other night that the mayor of Washington, mm. D.C., is requiring like I mean papers to be out on the street, yeah, just to yeah. be on the street, all really, kinds of really stuff. So maybe strict. not. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But no one ever, no one ever tells me. Okay then. Um, let's see. What about saints? Ooh, Leonardo da Vinci was overly modest, saying, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is brilliant. Mm. Uh, y'all get to the saints. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to think of any other musicians. Benjamin Franklin, a dying man can do nothing easy. That sounds like Benjamin Franklin, yeah. doesn't it? Well, he's still <laughs> walking around down in Philadelphia. You can see him. He's I know. Still down yeah, there. people think that he passed. <laughs> he's really still down there. Uh, all right, let me get to the Saints. Ooh, Lucky, Lucy, Lucky Luciano. I don't think we want to read that one. Uh, okay, so I'll go to the Saints. Famous Saints last words. Let's get to that. And obviously somebody had to be there to record it. Well, sure. If they if they died on a deathbed. Yeah. Um, St. Augustine. Your will be done. Come, Lord Jesus. Mm. It's the difference. That's beautiful. Saint Bernadette Subaru, Our Lady of Lords. Holy Mary, pray for me, a poor sinner. Last words. If that Uh, could be on my lips. Saint Catherine of Siena. Blood, blood, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And let me keep my head. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Uh, Let's see. Saint, well, no, this is, uh, oh, Saint Elizabeth and Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, be children of the church. These are the last words of saints. Be children of the church. Mm. Uh, Saint Francis of Assisi. When you see that I am brought to my last moments, place me naked upon the ground, just as you saw me the day before yesterday, and let me lie there after I am dead for the length of time it takes one to walk a mile unhurriedly. 
He was a busy man <laughs> on his last. He had, he had a, a he, half a paragraph. He had the wits to say that. Yeah, like, so he wasn't doing too bad there. Um, well, St. Joan of Arc, where she was, she was burned at the stake. Jesus, 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 the last, word, last words on her lips. Uh, St. John Christosom, glory to God for all things. You see the difference between the saints and the regular people? <laughs> uh, let's see. But I would expect so. Well, Saint- I just, you know, what just keeps ringing though is that Margaret Sanger. Let's have a party. A party. Let's have a party. You see, like Satan saying, "Come on, I got something for you. Let's have a party." Oof, that's real that's scary. Really scary. Saint John Paul. Wow, I knew this. Great words. Let me go to the house of my father, oh. of the father. Let me go to the house of the father. His How last beautiful words. is yeah. that? Mm-hmm. They're ready. They were ready to go home. Saint Kateri Tekawitha, Jesus, I love you. Uh, blessed Miguel Pro, I never heard that. Uh, long live Christ the King. Oh, I guess he was executed, was martyred. Okay, so good for him. Wow. Uh, Saint Padre Pio, Jesus, Mary. Or he said Maria, it was in Italian. Saint Pius X, to restore all things in Christ. All these wonderful saint quotes before they left this earth. Saint Teresa of Avila. After all, I die as a child of the church. My Lord, it is time to move on. Well then, may your will be done, O my Lord and my spouse. The hour that I have longed for has come. It's time for us to meet one another. Oh, they were so ready. (laughs) But thy will be done, see? Yep. Blessed or St. Teresa of Calcutta. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And then she went into his arms. They lived for him. Uh... See, St. Thomas Aquinas. Be assured that he who shall always walk faithfully in God's presence, always ready to give him an account of all his actions, shall never be separated from him by consenting to sin. I expected that from St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas More, who was also martyred. I die the king's good servant, but God's first. Mm. Oh, St. Wenceslaus. Good King Wenceslas Let's see. May God forgive you, brother. Oh, he was martyred. Yes. May God forgive you. Didn't you tell that story the, last week about I think so. we, his I, martyrdom? We were reading that story. Or maybe I did it on the music program. Oh, maybe that's what it was, right? right. You were telling the story. Yes. Oh, martyred. Michael Landon. You're right. It's time. I love you all. Oh. Michael Landon. Little Joe. Oh. Pa Ingalls. Vince Lombardi. Oh, he was a football coach, died of cancer. As he died, Lombardi turned to his wife, Marie, and said, happy anniversary. I love you. <laughs> and off he went. <laughs> Didn't you have a family set, a member, Vince Lombardi? Why does that sound? Lombardi is my mother's side. There's a Lombardi side oh, okay. to my mother. My mother's maiden I... name was Chinchola. Though we found out my mother's maiden name was Cuculo, C-H-I-O. But they misspelled it when, when her family came <laughs> Mm, and it became Chinchola. Yeah. And a lot of those that couldn't even be pronounced, and they will call you Smith. <laughs> John Wayne, who became Catholic at the end of his life, mm. John Wayne, turned to his wife and said, of course I know who you are. You're my girl. I love you. Aww. Humphrey Bogart. Ooh. Goodbye, kid. Hurry back. Here's looking at you, kid. Oh, no, he didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, goodbye, kid. Hurry back. What does that mean? 
Ernest Hemingway looked at his wife and said, Good night, my kitten. Aww. Uh, let's see. Anybody else here from the Groucho Marx? This is no way to live. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, who was also Catholic. Is that right? Yeah. Um, as he was dying, he said, One never knows the ending. One has to die to know exactly what happens after death, although Catholics have their hopes. So I don't know how good a Catholic he was. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. Well, he knows now. Yeah, they all know. Let's see. Anybody else here I could find? Uh, nobody interesting. Okay, so, but that shows you the end. The end, the end is going to come inevitably for all of us. Hey, we don't have a say in that matter. Well, have a pen and pencil handy so you can write my last words down. Okay. Maybe it'll be, we'll be right back. <laughs> okay, well, stay tuned for another big hour. <laughs> Back after this. <laughs> well, the well, um, you know, it's and it. Are you in your right mind? Are you thinking? Are you clear? I mean, some of them were like, you can't quite unravel what they were thinking. Now, remember, my my, my father died. He died early in the morning, like at five o'clock in the morning, and no one was there with him. But the nurses on the floor. He was in a nursing home, mm. and they told. Janet, my sister, because she was the first to get there after they called her and said he had passed, that all night long he was saying Lydia, which is my mother's name. Yes. Lydia, Lydia, calling. just calling Lydia. And he never, ever called her Lydia in life. He, he always called her Lyd. Mm. <laughs> I never ever heard my father call my mother Lydia. Mm. But he was there saying Lydia, Lydia. Now, we know a week or so ago, Betty White died. And she was married to Alan Ludden, who was, a you know, the password host. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she never remarried after that, I don't think. And, but they said that whoever that was her, I forget who it was, a relative or her agent said that that she died of, of a, that night in her sleep. But prior to that, she was calling out Alan, 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 mm-hmm. like she was seeing him. Yeah, almost like you know, there's a thin veil. Right, and you see that person, you're calling out to them, and then all of a sudden, then you go, you cross over. So the key is to be ready, spiritually ready. To have the, the blessing of a, of a you know, a prayer for a happy death. You know that you're mm. you're you're ready to go. That you're prepared spiritually to meet the Lord. That's right. And here we are, right around the corner. It's Lent. Well, not right around the corner. It's not Ash Wednesday. It's March second. But what a beautiful time to. Uh, we do not know the day or the hour, and it's a great time to repent and get right with the Lord. That's right. Well, I guess we'll uh, take a little break here, and then when we come back, we will be joined by uh, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, who's the American exorcist, to tell us some stories there about his experiences and his new book, or his book, not so new anymore, uh, The Diary of an American Exorcist. So, friends, you stay where you are, and we'll be back in just a bit.
Well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here on this lovely Friday, uh, coming up to the end of our liturgical year. Uh, Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti is the president of the St. Michael Center for Spiritual Renewal and research associate professor at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., a licensed psychologist and the author of several books. Monsignor Rossetti has participated in hundreds of exorcisms, and during his journey to the priesthood, he experienced a spiritual episode in which said, in two seconds, I learned 80% of what an exorcist needs to know. I want to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And his brand new book, Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, Possessions, and the Modern Day Battle Against Ancient Evil, is the book we're going to talk about today. We want to welcome to the program Monsignor Rossetti. Monsignor, welcome. Jim and Cheryl, it's nice to be with you. Great to have you here, Monsignor. And I, I've been looking forward to this. I, we, we received this book uh, a couple of months ago, and um, I just... Just reading through it, it just fascinates me because it's such an important topic. Um, it, you know, and I always say I don't want to give the devil too much airtime, but mm-hmm. we certainly have to be aware of who our enemy is and who the, we're in a battle. So we have to know our enemy. Is that right? Sure. Uh, as you mentioned, we don't uh, focus on the devil, but we can't ignore that reality either. And the scriptures are very clear about that. And it's one of those topics that's highly misconstrued. You know, much of what we learned comes from Hollywood. Um, so right, right. we we want to get to the real deal, and that it is real, and that there truly is evil. We can't overlook it. And I and I think somebody said, you know, you have to know your enemy. I just yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, my, my memory well, serves know, me well. I think people err uh, on one side or the other. A half, it seems like, err on the side of saying, you know, Satan and evil doesn't exist, mm. and the other half err on the side of giving him too much power. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, Jesus is Lord, and he smashes Satan's kingdom on the cross. And, and that's something we learn every day in exorcisms, that when you simply hold up a crucifix or throw some holy water on the person, that the demons are screaming and that the power of Christ is so evident in these exorcisms. Monsignor, is this take a, a special charism that a priest possesses to be an exorcist, or every priest has the ability to do this? Well, actually, every baptized Christian has some deliverance ministry, whether it's over yourself, your family, or your house, or whatever. Uh, but then priests, because they're configured to Christ, have a special ministry. But then, of course, the bishop picks uh, usually one priest in the diocese uh, to give special faculties to do solemn exorcisms. So only the exorcist of the diocese, a priest, can do a solemn exorcism. But But most people just need deliverance work, and and any priest can do that. I know in our house we have we have blessed salt, we have holy water, and and uh, oh. I had to put a little blessed salt in my egg whites every morning. <laughs> but but so those types of sacramentals are available even to lay people. Yes, and uh, people don't realize how powerful they are. We learn that, you know, that for example, the rite of exorcism itself, it's not a sacrament; it's a sacramental, just like you know, holy water and, and those sorts of things. So it's the prayer of the church. And when you see the power of sacramentals, you know, I want you to know right now I, I bless my uh, bedroom every night with holy water. Uh, I have blessed uh, objects in my house, and I encourage everyone to, to use those. Now, when, when you talk about your work as an exorcist, Monsignor, maybe a little background real quick. When did, when, did this, when did you first become an exorcist? About 13 or 14 years ago. Basically, as you mentioned, I'm a licensed psychologist, and the, the diocese had a, had a case, they thought, and they sent them to me and said, you know, we want you to do the initial psych eval. So I did. And I told the bishop, I said, you know, I don't think the person's uh, psychologically uh, dis- disordered. I think you need an exorcist. 
Wow. So then he asked three different priests to do it, and they all said no. So, mm. so I'm sitting there with the bishop saying, what are we doing now? I said, well, <laughs> give it to me. I said, I'll do it. I said, how hard can you be? <laughs> so that's how it started 13 years ago, whatever, and uh, as they say, it's a history. Since then. Well, we always think of demonic possession, and and that's not the only thing that a devil can do, or the Satan can I mean, We talk about there are other other uh, um, yeah. uh, obsessions. Sure. Can you maybe tell us a little bit the difference of these? Well, first of all, all of us, uh, if we're human, we're tempted by Satan all the time. We call that Satan's ordinary work. But he does do ex- what we call extraordinary things, and to the extreme is a possession. that You know, the, the person, uh, the demons manifest and takes over the body, and then all sorts of, as they say, all hell breaks loose. But before that, there are lesser forms where Satan can have a strong influence on the body, but not full possession, or on the mind. One we call oppression, the other we call obsession, but basically that's kind of a partial uh, taking over of the person. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And in this, uh, when we talk about possession, I mean, that's the most serious, obviously. Oh. That's something I, I read in your from you that, that this is something that lay people should never, ever really try to get. <laughs> become an expert, yeah. do it on their own. Well, yeah, yeah no, it's just, uh, it, the reason why is, it, even for just priests, that they shouldn't be doing solemn exorcism because they're complex, they're difficult, and it really requires some special training. Uh, so that's, we don't want people to get in over their heads and all of a sudden find out they're going, you know, face-to-face with, with Satan and, and get, uh, you know, get manipulated. Pope Francis has spoken about that several times. Uh, about being being beware of tangling with Satan directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the common tactics that Satan uses and typical lies that that you've come across? He doesn't exist, you know. And uh, even so, sometimes he'll say that I don't. Ex- I mean, he'll he'll try not to hide. And one thing he doesn't like in an exorcism is you you smoke him out. You you start to uh, pray over the person, and the, the demons start to manifest. And then, of course, there are no no there's no match for the church. My gosh, the the power of Christ in His church. Uh, so his biggest lie is he doesn't exist. His second biggest lie is that he's more powerful than Jesus. And he'll he, oftentimes he'll say uh, in an exorcism, "I'm not leaving. You can't make me go. This person belongs to me." And I hear that again and again and again. And just the, the, the response, of course, is, "You will go." And Jesus is smashes your kingdom, and you have no rights here. Now, you mentioned that you have sacramentals and you you bless your room every night. I'm sure that Satan has you're you're a target. You're obviously a greater threat to him, a great threat to him. So, uh, how does God protect you using these sacramentals in other ways? Well, I train uh, uh, new exorcists. And they ask me, are we protected? They're kind of nervous, of course. Mm-hmm. I say, yes, we are protected, but don't think uh, poking Satan in the eye every day is not going to notice. You know, so, yeah, you'll, you'll, he'll, you'll be a special target, but uh, he's chained. And as long as you live a, a holy life as best you can, go to confession, use all the sacraments, use the sacramentals, and trust in our Lord. I mean, that experience I, I, you uh, re- referred to when I was a seminarian really captured it. I was lying in bed at night. I was, again, not ordained yet, but a seminarian, and I was, I was awake. Uh, and all of a sudden, there was this spiritual force that attacked me that was incredibly evil and extremely powerful and fast. I, mean, I realized that within seconds, I would be overwhelmed. So, and I knew by the grace of God it was a, it was a demon. So 
I lunged out of my bed and grabbed my rosary beads. Mm-hmm. And the minute I touched my rosary beads, uh, the, the demon departed. Mm-hmm. And I learned then that, you know, Satan's fast, he's powerful, but compared to Our Lady's dust. So I sleep, actually, with my rosary beads around my hand, and they're never out of my sight or my out of my body. I always, always have them on my body. Fascinating, Monsignor. It's just fascinating. If we do know the end of the story, Jesus is our Lord and King. Mary has crushed the head of Satan. Why do the demons keep trying? Why do they keep coming back? You know, it's amazing, uh, Shirley, just the, the mystery of evil. Uh, and I'll tell you a story. This is true. All the stories in the book, you mentioned the Diary of American Exorcist, all the stories I share, and there are, are true experiences, whether people believe them or not. I know sometimes people think they're incredible. But, for example, one time about the demons were there, and, and I, was, I said, in the holy name of Jesus, I command you to tell me the truth. Did you make a bad decision rejecting God? Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. Oh. I said, in Jesus' name, tell me the truth. Are you suffering now because of it? Yes. Wow. Okay, now, in Jesus' name, I command you to tell me, would you change your mind and your decision if you could? And they said, no. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so these, yeah. aren't, these aren't your friendly neighborhood demons. Um, I, yeah. I would imagine they can't all be friends. Do they hate one another? Do they, they have an in each for other. each There's other? There's no love in hell. And I think one of the mistakes people are making today is they don't realize what they're dealing with using uh, demonic symbols, uh, belonging to uh, satanic cults, young people putting demons' tattoos on their shoulders, or people practicing witchcraft. All these things are in in league with Satan. And Satan doesn't care about you. He's a narcissist. He is violent, and he'll destroy everyone if he can. So he's not your friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is a mistake that... uh, that's going around our culture today. Mm. And, you know, we remember as kids, uh, we had friends or maybe even ourselves, some of our listeners, like you'd get a game and you'd play Ouija board. You think it was an innocent right. little game. Aren't you opening the door? Yes. Well, you, you know, the famous movie, The Exorcist, uh, in, the, in the 70s, it scared everyone so much. Mm-hmm. It's actually based on a real case of a 13-year-old young boy who was possessed. And he got possessed by using a Ouija board for months. And it was an ugly case. Now, he was liberated and lived a good life after that. But people are underestimating the seriousness of these things, and especially witchcraft. Today. You know, people say, well, I'm a good witch. No, <laughs> if you're not invoking God's power, regardless of what you think you're getting, you're, you're in league with Satan, and uh, there no good will come of it. We're talking with Monsignor Stephen Rossetti about his new book, Diary of an American Exorcist. It's published by Sophia Institute Press, and their uh, web address is sophiainstitute.com. It is a fascinating book. Uh, Monsignor, have you ever come face-to-face with Lucifer himself? Uh, once in uh, these 13, 14 years. Uh, lots of times demons, when you, you, you command them to tell me the, the, the names because uh, you want them to, uh, you want some more, more, it gives you more control over them. But uh, but one time, actually, I did, uh, and I was, I was, I commanded the demons, tell me the name of the head demon. And they said, you're not ready for this, Rossetti. It's the king of hell himself, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I, and I he said, you're way out of your league. And I said, well, you know, I am way out of my league, but he's not out of Jesus' league. And in Jesus' name, I command you to leave. Mm. But I would say that he was different. Uh, he was uh, much, uh, you, could, you could feel the intelligence 
uh, and the, the brilliantly evil uh, and the maliciousness. Uh, he came forward with a hiss. He, his voice was a hiss. Hmm. Just sounded like a serpent. Yeah. And so uh, it was remarkable. And uh, but in the end, our, actually, in the end, Our Lady came and threw him out. Oh, and you he know, screamed and thrashed and then yeah. left. Oh my! Now I, I I remember one time talking with a a psych, psychiatrist over here in the Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia area who was who did a lot of work with seminarians. Uh, because uh, at times they would think it was either a, a psychological problem, and it may have been more of a a, a spiritual uh, issue like this, and uh, a, a you know an upset oppression or something. But he was telling me that, of course, we know Satan can't see the future, but he has a very keen sense, even to the point of knowing when a, a, a little boy has a calling or a vocation. Satan might even know that at that moment, at that point in their life. Have you found that that there's that that keen? Um, uh oh. Monsignor, there. Uh oh. Oh dear. Okay, well we lost Monsignor. Oh dear. That's the devil, isn't it? Okay. Well, all right. Um, well, uh, all right. So why don't we do? I'll, we'll go to a, go to a song. Okay. And I'll see if I can get Monsignor back on the phone. Okay, we could have him on for all hours. All right. Stand by, friends. Be right back. I see trees of green, red roses too. I've seen him blue for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day. Dog say goodnight, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow. Okay, well we're back, and uh, we do have Monsignor back on the phone. Hey, Monsignor, thanks for hanging in there. I don't, sometimes You're things like that, yeah. uh, Satan kind of gets in the middle of things. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Perfect. Life to us. But again, friends, we're talking with Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. The book is called Diary of an American Exorcist, uh, published by Sophia Institute Press, and that's uh, sophiainstitute.com. And just kind of to wrap it up, Monsignor, these, it really is a diary. There are many entries. But one thing that really struck me as I was reading the book uh, one day in chapel, where you, it's uh, Exorcist Diary number 79, Satan's rage is spreading. And mm-hmm. you talk about the just, just seeing this across the country. Yeah. Can you maybe talk just a little bit about that before we have to let you go? Well, you know, I, I, first of all, let me say I, I love America, and I'm a veteran of the Air Force, and and uh, and I do think America is a wonderful country. But uh, I, there are signs of an increasing, I think, influence of Satan, and I think you could say this country is kind of demonically oppressed at this point, not possessed, but oppressed. You see footprints of Satan everywhere, signs of Satan presence, uh, chaos, violence. Uh, discord, hatred of the church, uh, you know, spreading sin, um, and the practicing of the occult. All these things, you see these things increasing in this country, uh, and there are signs that Satan's influence is getting stronger, I think. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing I think that people—and and what, what can we as lay people do 
and, and it, we pray, we pray the rosary, we're just more yeah, yeah, yeah. more prayer. I mean, this is this is what's needed. That's the battle, and these these are our weapons. Yes, obviously, prayer, Holy Eucharist, uh, say the rosary, as you mentioned, uh, and also education, too. We need to educate our young people. You know, these things, these witchcraft, occult things are not just fun. They're not just games. They're, they're evil, and, and I've, I've been exercising a few uh, people who are involved with the occult recently and, uh, and witchcraft, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a battle. You know, it, uh, people need to know this is, this is serious stuff. Well, again, friends, the book is called Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, Possession, and the Modern-Day Battle Against Ancient Evil. We've been talking with the author, Monsignor uh, Stephen Rossetti, who is an exorcist. And uh, the book is published by Sophia Institute Press. Their web address is sophiainstitute.com. Monsignor, again, we could have you on for hours just talking about this. Mm. a fascinating topic. And uh, thank you for the good work and for the book. And for uh, we hope maybe to talk to you again soon. Yes, may uh, God bless you all. May Our Lady spread a mantle over you, all your loved ones, and all of your listeners. Amen. God bless Amen. you. Stay healthy, safe, and well, and hang on to those rosaries. God bless you. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay. God bless you. Bye God now. Bless you Thanks, Bob. I'll see you. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. She got a really short haircut that she hated. And I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. I got him mustard and mayonnaise for his sandwich when we were having lunch. Today we've actually organized a date night tonight. And silverware and napkins. Wasn't that wonderful? What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. I took the baby while she worked. I suppose I, I, I didn't yell at him for anything. Yeah, at all. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. I've carried my wife's purse. What have you done for your marriage today? What have I done? I've listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Is your life so fast that you cannot see a sunrise or a sunset or past one of these places in the country that have all kinds of little flowers? Have you ever stopped and God just walked through them and said, our God is wonderful. So you're so caught up in gadgets. Rush, 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 rush. And you're living, and you're not living. And you're getting older, but you won't admit it. I have a real problem with somebody to how old are you? They say, but I don't talk about my age. <laughs> well, if you let me guess, it's going to be worse. <laughs> but, isn't it? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. How does God know? Well, God does not know the way we know. We know by looking at things. God knows by looking at himself. We can get a faint idea of the way God knows from an architect. Before an architect puts up a building, he can tell you if he is the designer. The size of the building, its dimensions, the location of each room, its height, the number of elevators it will have, and so forth. How does he know all of this before the building is built? 
because he is the designer of the becoming of the building. Now, God is a cause, too, but God is not just a cause of the becoming of the universe. He's the cause of the very being of the universe. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. All righty, welcome back. Uh, that was obviously a little little error we had there with uh, Monsignor Rossetti, but uh, yeah. Maybe it's all I want to have him on again. Actually, there's a seminar he's doing. Remember we tried to go down before Christmas, the seminar, and we yes. couldn't get through? It's a webinar, I guess. A webinar. webinar. And it was they're going to do another one. Yes, on the 21st. I signed us up. Oh, good. I think. I have to Fascinating. Look at my calendar. Fascinating topic. Yeah. And he does, he does deliverance prayers over the webinar. So yeah. he says, and he good. said the last one that we couldn't get on because it was, it was too many people. Um, there Let have been reports of all kinds of healing. Remind yeah. me. 21st, January 21st. 21st. So oh, no, wait a minute. 21st? No. Of January? No, no, that that's would a Friday. March. Yeah. It's not the 21st. Let's see real quick. So you could look him 24th, up. You know, 24th. By, he has his own website. Yeah. And you want to register for that Cat, webinar. I think it's catholicexorcist.net or something. Fascinating. <laughs> so. It's just so real. People cannot deny it. Oh, no. But then I keep thinking back to Margaret Sanger. I know. Isn't that A party. A, Let's have a party. That's annoying me. Oof. Mm. It's like that's like a twilight zone, because there was an episode like that where the, the a man was walking down the path, and uh, he apparently had died, and he's walking down this path, and and the he was his dog was with him. His dog died too. It's twilight zone. <laughs> but anyway, he he comes to this place where it's like this beautiful uh, and uh, you know alluring gateway to go in and there's a man there saying come on and we've been waiting for you and the dog is barking barking and pulling at his leg and like and he eventually he was almost about to go in but he didn't forget what reason and he continued down the path and then finally got to saint peter and the, the gates Whoa. of heaven <laughs> so it was it an was elusive yeah it was a, it was an illusion trying to get him to come in come on in wow that's how the devil works oh tricks. yes like, how did i not ever see that one and we've Spent many a New Year's Eve yeah, binging right. <laughs> That's Twilight how we spend Zone. our New Year's Eve. <laughs> Twilight Zone marathons on Sci-Fi like Network. 48 hours yeah, But something. there are some wonderful Twilight Zones that have great morale. It's like, they're like morality plays. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. And not, they're not all like that, but many no, of them. But some of them were done very well. All right, well, we're going to head on out of here. Stay warm. Stay warm. It's going to be a cold one tonight and tomorrow especially. And uh, we will be back with you next Friday, God willing. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday with you as well. So uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, have a great weekend. Stay warm.